As expected, North Carolina does not make it into the 2023 NCAA tournament. But surprise, they don't accept an invite to the NIT either, and the Tar Heel season is officially over. What? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, March 13th, 2023. We are officially mourning the end of the men's 22-23 basketball season. What? Weird. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watcher listen today. Coming up on the show, we want to talk about just how close the Tar Heels were to making the tournament in the end. We want to look at the draw for the women's team who did make it for the 30th time in program history. But first, I want to start just trying to, to process this whole thing. Because, again, Carolina not only doesn't make the NCAA tournament, they decline an invite to the NIT, which means the season is officially over. I'm frankly really disappointed in that decision. I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But but first, I want to talk about the finality of this whole thing. There was just zero time to process the fact that as Carolina walked off the court after having lost to Virginia last week on Thursday, that was it. The season was done. That was the last time we will ever see Leaky Black. Whew. Wasn't ready to emotionally process it. That was the last time we will ever see Leaky Black play for the Tar Heels against Virginia on a Thursday night in Greensboro Coliseum. Just, just it feels like like graduation from high school or college, where it's just been racing, racing, racing to get to the finish line, and all of a sudden it's over, and you don't, hey, I'm what you're, le-, you know, you know what I mean? It's like all over, it's all sudden, and zero time to process. We're going to take more time to do that later this week as we <laughs> work through things and work through our feels and work through not seeing the Tar Heels in any more basketball in the NCAA tournament. What a difference of a feeling it is from last year as they went in and you're just not sure what they're going to do as they go to Fort Worth and then three weeks later they're in the national championship game. There's no chance of that this year. So Leaky Black's career is over. I would love for you, I was thinking about this earlier, to send videos or written messages to Leaky that I could share on the show later this week. You could email them to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You could DM them to me on Twitter or DM them to the show. And seriously, uh, would send that in or to Armando or Pete and, and we'll share that on a show later in the week. Perhaps when we should be watching or talking about Carolina in the tournament, we could just be thanking those dudes. So Leaky. Is out of eligibility. Pete Nance, his one year, gave it his his one final opportunity to make the NCAA tournament, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It feels like what happened to Christian Keeling several years ago, you know? Armando Baycott's record-setting North Carolina career could be over. There's still, obviously, the opportunity for him to take a COVID year, um, but if he doesn't choose that, it's done. Any of these guys that, that might leave, to either transfer or turn professional over done. 
We're going to obviously wait and see what those are. We're going to talk about that a lot. I know that's a lot of the big off-season chatter, so don't worry about that. But I, I was just, I was honestly shocked and confused and, and disappointed in this decision. Um, the, the official Carolina social media accounts released a statement from Coach Davis Um, Let me read it in case you didn't have a chance to. He says, quote, all season, our focus and goal have been on being the best team we can possibly become and reaching our full potential to give us another opportunity to compete, play for and win an NCAA championship. Although we no longer have that opportunity and this season wasn't what we hoped for, I want to thank our players and staff for their hard work and love for Carolina basketball. Many factors go into postseason play, and we we believe now is the time to focus on moving ahead, preparing for next season, and the opportunity to again compete for ACC and NCAA championships. I also want to thank our great fans for their incredible support. Our commitment to you is what drives us to improve our program in every way, end quote. And on GoHeels.com, the team also had this release that simply said at the beginning, Quote, the University of North Carolina has chosen not to participate in the NIT and then coaches statement that that I just read to you. And then it closes just very simply by saying, listen to this. The Tar Heels conclude the 2022-23 men's basketball season with a 20 and 13 record. That's it. That's all done and over just with a press release. Simple as that. It's over. That's difficult to reckon with. So here's the deal. I was ready to come in, discuss my my tweet. I had tweeted something how over the weekend I had basically had this thought that the I was excited for the NIT because I thought Carolina could handle it the way team football teams handle a bowl game that's not a CFP game. You play to win, but you use the opportunity to prepare for growth for next year. Football coaches always say the best thing about a bowl game is the extra practices you get because it prepares you for the next season. You give upcoming players more opportunity. You try different sets. You test out new lineup combos, etc. And folks, when I tweeted this out over the weekend, I don't think I've ever had something met with such divided feelings, divided emotion or comments. So many people were in agreement with that possibility of like, hey, yeah, let's go play in the NIT, get more experience. So many just vehemently saying, listen, it's time to pack it in. This is dead and gone and over. Why kill a dead horse? Um, So many others saying, yes, I agree. Let's use the NIT for that. But also, why wasn't that what we did at the beginning of the season? (laughs) Giving upcoming players opportunities, trying new sets and lineup combinations. (laughs) I'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, those of you listening or watching, share that in the comments on YouTube, or, or you can tweet at us, whatever. Like, what, what do you? Are you glad Carolina isn't going to the NIT, or do you wish they were participating in it? I, I'd love to know and continue to get the the tone, the temperature of the fan base on what you wanted the Tar Heels to do here. So for me, I am really disappointed in the decision to not play in the NIT. Now, caveat, I do not know the internal struggles. I I don't know what goes on behind the closed doors. I don't know the things the players have gone through, right? I'm just speaking for me as as a developer and and wanting to think ahead, those kind of things. So that's what I'm speaking out of. Um, I don't, the, the choice not to play, I don't like what it reveals about the character 
of this team as a collective whole. And I don't mean anything about any individuals when I say that. I just mean, to me, like, I, I don't like what this says about the team as a whole, about where they were at or their mindset, that they're like just choosing to pack it in and be done. It feels like giving up. It feels like taking your ball and going home because you didn't get your way or, you know, get chosen for the team that you want to do, that kind of thing. I also don't like the tone that it sets moving forward of um, we didn't have a, a, a time to, to play more. Because um, for me, if there's an opportunity to play, let's play. If there's an opportunity to show up and compete, let's show up and compete. Let's be there. If like, let's get better. You can do that. However, like that's where I'm at with it. And I get that not everyone's going to be there. I just, I just want to voice how I feel personally about this, but I am not the head coach of the Tar Heels. I'm not an assistant coach of the Tar Heels or any of the players. And so I'm going to back, like, not that they need me to, but I'm going to back their play because they know it and they get what is best for them as a program. So I get the argument to pack it in and to say, hey, nothing else good can come of this year. And if the guys are done, the guys are done. Going back to the bowl game analogy, what good is it playing in a bowl game that you have zero desire or motivation to play in? The same is true for the NIT. Like, if you... If things are gone and done, then then it's pointless to just go play one more game and get like slaughtered or whatever, you know, whoever it would be against, despite the fact that Carolina probably would have had a one seed in the NIT. I, th- that's where I'm at. I, I'm disappointed in the decision. But again, it's this team and this program and the coaching staff that has to make the decisions for what's best for this group. And that's not up to me and it's not up to you. But again, You come here because you want to know my thoughts. And so that's where I'm at. Once again, I'd love to know your thoughts as well. Share them with us in the comments. Well, this is also disappointing not making the NCAA tournament because now that we've seen the field, now that we know where Carolina sat, they were a lot closer on the bubble than any of us probably thought that they were. So we're going to discuss that in just a second. But first, This episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built Bar March Madness bracket is here. We know you got a favorite bar or puff, and now's the time to let everyone know about it. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for that churro bar. I talk about it all the time. Love to know who you're going to vote for. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners or viewers will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a year's subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered to your door monthly, straight to your door. How awesome is that? You gotta try Built, the best protein bar ever. What makes it so good? Well, they're covered, they have high protein, low sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, friends, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of the Locked On Network. Well, friends, you probably, because the Tar Heels aren't in, don't have much interest in the NCAA tournament, but I still am going to watch it. I still love college basketball. Oh, and I host 
the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. So, I, you know, I'm going to be there and dialed in. And if that's you, if you still love college basketball and want to check it out, come check out the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown. With national analysis and insights from local experts, the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make informed decisions on your bracket. Like, for example, there's never been a national champion that shot under 32.9% from three. So don't pick Tennessee or Purdue. You're welcome. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. So a, a little behind the scenes here, as the bracket was revealed, I wasn't even really dialed in on the CBS broadcast. I, I had it over kind of to the side. I was watching it because um, I was asked to, to co-host uh, a thing for Bleacher Report where we are doing like a live reaction show to the bracket in real time. And so just a really neat opportunity. But because of that, I wasn't really necessarily in the all the Carolina headspace that I would otherwise want to be in. So I'm dialed in on what we're doing there. I've got the CBS broadcast down here. They've revealed the whole bracket. And then CBS pops up the last four in and the first four out. So just as a reminder, when you've got the last four buys, that's the teams that are fully in the field. So that would be like NC State, who was an 11 seed, but it's not in a play-in game. That They're one of the last four in, or excuse me, the last four buys. And then the last four in are those four 11 seeds that have to do the play-in games in Dayton. And so that's Mississippi State, Pittsburgh, Arizona State and Nevada. So those four teams are the ones playing in Dayton this Tuesday and Wednesday. But then they show the next or the first four out. And it's Oklahoma State, one of the teams we knew that was right there on the cut line. In fact, they were right where I thought they would be. I thought they would be the first team out. And then Rutgers, who I thought was going to be in the tournament, was really surprised to see them miss out. But Nevada got in above them. And then North Carolina was the third team out of this bracket. Um, we, you know, from, from what I had seen and heard and read and kind of studied myself, obviously I spend a lot of time looking at resumes. I thought Carolina was going to be in that next four out, not in the first four out. And so like Joe Lenardi, for example, had Carolina in the next four out, like seven spots back, basically turns out they were third. And I, I don't know whether that makes me <laughs> really like happy that they were that close or even more frustrated because they were that close, right? It just, it just gets your brain spinning. It means Carolina was probably just a win or two away. It means that Carolina was probably just an injury or two away from leapfrogging Rutgers and Oklahoma State and Nevada and being that last team in the field. <laughs> and so you look back at the schedule and you think of, all the opportunities you had against Alabama, who is the number one overall team in this bracket. That win, if Carolina could have closed it out, would have had teeth. It would have had all sorts of staying power. And I think, honestly, just the win over Alabama alone would have been enough to put Carolina in this tournament. But even if not just the Alabama win, you think about Iowa State the day before. You think that was the Friday, Black Friday, <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, that is indeed Black Friday. You think about if Carolina could have closed out either or both of the Duke games, 
you think about either or both of the games Carolina lost to Virginia, the one in Charlottesville, the one in the ACC tournament, in both of which the Tar Heels had leads. Or, or you think about just some of the injuries that really hurt. I think Carolina beats Virginia Tech with a healthy Armando Baycott. I think Carolina beats Virginia either of the two times they lost to Virginia with a healthy Armando Baycott. Like, it's just, there's just been a lot of unlucky things that have happened to the Tar Heels this season. Uh, I, I think of Pete Nance's injuries, right? Like, I think if he's healthy, you get a little maybe more of what we had seen in the final couple games where he was just shooting so well. Um, think about RJ Davis's finger, both at the beginning of the season and when he re-injured it against Syracuse. Remember how sh- how well he shot leading up to the re-injury and how well he's been, like, for the last five games of the season, R.J. Davis was shooting over 50% from three-point range. <laughs> Will we ever see him take another three for the Tar Heels? I don't know. I sure hope so, but we'll have to wait and find out. Just all of this that you, I just keep finding myself asking the question, what could have been? So many missed opportunities, so many missed opportunities, so many unfortunate little injury things here or there that just put Carolina behind. (sighs) Boy, so I'd love to know, you know, like I was talking about these missed opportunities. What rings out to you as missed opportunities from this season, Either, either specific games or injuries or things like that, that if it had flipped a different way, maybe a turning point for you that could have done something different and put Carolina in this field. Well, thankfully the women did make the NCAA tournament, but for the second year in a row are seated lower than frankly, they should have been. We're going to get all angry about that here in just a second. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the Locked On Network and America's number one sportsbook as well. And now's the time to download it with the NCAA tournament here because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Folks, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores Make sure to check out all the great possibilities ahead of the NCAA tournament as it tips off on Thursday. We're not counting the first four in Dayton. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the women's uh, selection show was also on Sunday night. You know, typically it's on Monday evening, but they did it all together on the same night this time around, which frankly I I thought was really neat. Of course, it was a crazy day. It was daylight savings time. Anybody stay up too late on Saturday night and then was really groggy going to church Sunday? That was this guy. Or uh, Sunday night was also the Oscars. Why are you trying to show the Oscars? College basketball, man. Got to do better. (laughs) Anyway, the ladies make the NCAA tournament for the 30th time in program history, as we've already said. In fact, the Carolina men and women combined have more NCAA tournament appearances than any other Division I program, just four ahead of Kentucky, and then Texas is in third place. So, whoop, 
horns down, except for my wife. My wife uh, is a Texan, a native Texan. And so I guess I'll put them back up just for her because I love you. So the problem for the Tar Heels, it, you might have heard my interview with Coach Banghart last week. We were quite uh, hopeful and anticipatory that the Tar Heels would get a top four seed. And in the women's tournament, top four seeds get to host. It's kind of like a, a regional in, in the baseball postseason, except for, you know, just single elimination like normal. But it's not neutral sites in the first two rounds of the women's tournament. And so we were very hopeful that Carolina would get a four seed and get to host their record overall wasn't as good as last year. However, the ACC was so loaded and Carolina in non-conference played such a tough schedule that it was, it, it just seemed to make sense that the selection committee would see that and slot them in as a top four seed. But that was not meant to be. In fact, that was two seed lines off because the Tar Heels wind up with a six seed. I, I don't think that was fair or right, but I'm not the selection committee and I don't get to excuse me, make those choices. So uh, what it all means is that we were way off in our judgment of where the Tar Heels were at. It seems to me then like the committee didn't value the difficulty of the ACC or the Tar Heels non-conference schedule as much as perhaps we thought. Although Virginia Tech winds up with a one seed, so uh, way to go Hokies. The interesting thing is not only does Virginia Tech get a one seed, but it's in the same region as the Tar Heels, Seattle three region. Virginia Tech is the number one up there at the top, at the top and kind of similar to the guys. Virginia Tech is a team that Carolina came this close to beating twice this season. It took a buzzer beater in Carmichael to beat them. And so you feel good about that. Like if you could keep winning, get, you know, get to play Virginia Tech in the regional final and, and maybe have a shot at a final four, but there's a lot of hard work to do to get there. Why? Because not only is it Virginia Tech, you've got a couple historically dominant women's programs also in this bracket. UConn is at two and Tennessee is the four seed. Now, obviously uh, you couldn't play both Virginia Tech and Tennessee because they're on the opposite side of the bracket, but Carolina could play UConn in the Sweet 16, and um, then they would potentially, if they could get past that, would go on to play Virginia Tech or uh, Tennessee. However, before they even think about that, Ohio State is the three seed, and so the host in this little part of the bracket that Carolina is in. Now, it's actually five teams because one of the play-in games is in Carolina's part of the bracket, and in fact, Carolina will play the winner of that play-in game. Unlike on the men's side where all of those teams are shipped off to Dayton, they just go to the local site of where they would stay and play. So all five of these teams, uh, James Madison, who is the 14 seed, Ohio State, the three, North Carolina, the six, and then Purdue and St. John's, the winner, the, that's the play-in game, the winner of whom will be the 11 seed, are all headed to Columbus. So the play-in game is on Thursday, but the time is not yet set for Purdue versus St. John's. And then the winner of that game will face off with the Tar Heels on Saturday. Also, the time for that is not yet set. So there's no way to, to talk about lines or matchups or anything like that because we don't even yet know who Carolina's opponent will be. Uh, there, there is some good and bad to that, obviously. The good is that you're going to face an opponent who has just played two days ago and is going to be... Um, uh, what am I looking for? A, a little more worn down. Hopefully that's the plan. Hopefully Purdue and St. John's just go at it for 40 minutes. Right. Um, 
but also that team will have played already. And so there's something about kind of getting into a rhythm, but also Carolina is at a disadvantage because they don't have the opportunity to prepare for their specific, <clears throat> specific opponent. Excuse me. They've got to prepare for both Purdue and St. John's. Now, thankfully they found out about this on Sunday and that game is not till Saturday. So you have plenty of time to game plan for both opponents. And because of the quick turnaround of the NCAA tournament, you're also game planning for Ohio State and James Madison. You just look at the whole pod for the whole weekend and uh, and prepare as though you will move on, which hopefully the Tar Heels will do, past the winner of Purdue and St. John's to play on Saturday um, is when they'll play and then would eventually hopefully play Ohio State or James Madison. The problem is for the second year in a row, Carolina would probably have to try to knock off a team in their home gym, and that would be Ohio State because all these games are in Columbus in the round of 32. Remember last year, Carolina was the five playing at fourth-seeded Arizona, and they beat them. So Carolina is no stranger to rising to the occasion in this these moments, but uh, it's not something that it's easy to replicate over and over again. So make sure you are ready to cheer for the ladies on Saturday. And obviously, as, as we learn more about time and channel, I will pass that information along. But very excited. The team is rested and healthy. You expect to have Eva Hodgson in the lineup. You expect to have Alyssa Utsby in the lineup, along with the other ladies who are typically in the rotation. <clears throat> you got Paulina Paris coming off the bench. You got Kayla McPherson coming off the bench. Carolina should be dialed in and focused and ready to go. Can't wait to see how they perform in Columbus. Well, lots more to talk about this week. I'm hearing lots of Jerry Stackhouse noise because of Vanderbilt's run. I want to unpack that, and we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, really want to try to wrap our brains around the end of this season keep tabs on the women's basketball team. And then there's a whole host, as you know, of other women's teams, or excuse me, of other teams, women and men's going on around Carolina athletics right now, as well as spring football. And so we'll start to turn the page a little bit and look towards that. Hey, we would be honored if you would drop us a review on, on iTunes charts. It just helps spread the love of this show. You can follow the show on Twitter at locked on heels. Follow me at Isaac shade we've already shared the email address but locked on heels at gmail.com and also do not forget to subscribe on youtube we just passed 5,000 this weekend thank you we will get some uh some posts out about that smash the like button and comment and as we've already said don't forget to check out the locked on college basketball podcast a brand new show this basketball season on the locked on network myself and andy Patton bring you everything you need to know throughout the college basketball landscape locked on college basketball available on youtube and anywhere else you get podcasts really appreciate you spending part of your monday hanging out with me talking about the disappointment of the men's team the disappointment of no more basketball for the men this season and the disappointment of the ladies not getting the seed that they thought but they're going to be ready to go on saturday want to remind you that despite it all, it is a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.